podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. I think they will think it's a good time to play Liverpool. In the Derby game, anything can happen, but I still have to edge it for Liverpool. Ultimately, Liverpool are better players. Expect James Rodriguez to play just behind him. Here's Richarlison. Everton in front inside three minutes. Yulfie Ziggerton from 12 yards against Allison, and Ziggerton scores, Everton lead 2-0, we are almost there, at last, Evertonians can now rejoice in the glory of 2021, Kevin Campbell's name can now be replaced by Richarlison and Gilfie Ziggerton. Welcome to episode 80 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Fan Hub, where the fans come first. Um, we haven't got much to cover tonight. Um, we weren't going to even go to record. Where are we, lads? But we thought we'd, uh, we'd, we'd come back on here and, and do something short after what was, let's let's face it, probably our biggest, was certainly our biggest win in the last, the last 10 years. But to go to Anfield, win after 22 years and win in the manner that we did was absolutely exceptional. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to say that uh, we're joined by by Mike Grundy, who's who's pulled himself away from his uh, his hangover bed. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his house bar, that is not a nothing nothing public. Oh, kitchen uh, bar, uh, yeah, strictly kitchen. <laughs> to join us today and, and go through. What was it? What was a fantastic game? But Mike, how, how are you feeling today, mate? After I'm sure what was a quite a heavy night for yourself last night amongst the uh, obviously yourself and other people as well. Rougher than you can ever imagine. An absolute whopper of a hangover. But you know what? I'm made up to have it. I said on Twitter earlier, it's an absolute pleasure to have this headache. It's brilliant. I'd have it every week. Uh, unbelievable, mate. Made up to be on tonight after such an amazing performance yesterday. After an unbelievable result. Um, I don't think any of us really seen a comment, did we? Truthfully. Um, and do I get me hat sick ball as well? Is this me, uh, my third appearance? Yeah, it is, mate. So, like like everyone who comes on, they get a, a Sondico ball from Sports Direct. I was going to say, I hope it's not one of them yeah. jag ones you used to get out the corner shop. Do you remember you get it in a box with like <laughs> snide orange goalie gloves and like a pump? <laughs> the goalie gloves with the uh, with the black with the black rubber on the fingers. Remember them? They were orange with the black What's on the fingers, fingers, yeah. And the ball yeah. would say something like "Cup and, Final" or something. Like that. A needle for the pump that's guaranteed to bend the moment you try and put it in the ball. <laughs> no, yeah, it my, Patrick Ball, Michael signing for you, mate. Michael Brilliant. Yeah. 100%. So all our merchandise is, uh, is top quality. Don't don't you worry about that. Um, but yeah, great to have you on the show, mate. And obviously when, when we organise people coming on, it's always before the game and we don't know how the game's going to turn out. And obviously we always hope that it's an Everton win and going go to Anfield, you know, when Liverpool obviously had, had lost, lost the last three at Anfield. So they certainly, you know, it certainly wasn't the, the fortress that it it has been in recent years, but 
you know, it doesn't doesn't matter to ourselves. So go there and win that game, please. How, how are you feeling about that today? Because I'm still walking around. I've been singing songs all night, walking out of the house all morning. I don't even drink. I'm driving me missus absolutely crazy. Uh, but how, how, are you, how are you feeling, Pete? Justifiably smug. <laughs> and I, I, I'll tell you why, right? One of, the, one of the things, I wouldn't say that this annoyed me. I'm not going to get off on a, on a negative, but I just want to get this straight from the off. That was not our best opportunity to beat them. No, and that's why that is why I think most Evertonians are chuffed with the win. That was not our best opportunity to beat them since we last won there. I just want to get that out the way with now. No one's telling me for one minute that that team last night was the worst Liverpool team we've played at Anfield in the past twenty years. It wasn't, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's the point. I think for most Evertonians, how many times we've gone there, played well, should have got something, should have won, and for whatever reason we've not got it. And I think that's why people are so chuffed. The fact that we've gone there, we've put in a performance, we've been consistent, we've been psychologically strong and we've come away with a deserved victory for once. So hopefully it's the first of, of many more, but not for a minute am I having anyone say that, you know, uh, we, you know, we call it Liverpool at the right time. They're a great team. Let's get it right. They're the champions. They're a brilliant team. And you look at that front three. Yeah, fair enough, they've got some issues at the back, but, you know, we played the game with injuries too. We were without Alan, without Mina. You know, both would, both would have started the game. That wasn't our strongest lineup. So, mm. let's, you know, let's get those two things out the way with right now. That, that that's why even, it's a great win. That, that wasn't even the worst Liverpool side we've played in the past 12 months. Yeah, <laughs> we, we played there in the 16s last year in the Cup. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Dave Downey made a big thing about it on Twitter and he was spot on. I mean, the state of that Liverpool yeah. side that beat us last year... Yeah, it was yeah. shocking. Yeah. Shocking. 100%. That's, that's, that's typical Everton last year, that mentality, they won it. That sort of like, it's like an open goal, wasn't it? So, you know, it's, it's one of that, it's, it's that reverse psychology where you expected to win and we couldn't handle it. Fast forward 12 months now, I'd say, you know, we're a completely different team mentally. We're not, we're not there yet, but this result will definitely help us go on the right way, help get us, get us on that track. Because mentality has been one of the biggest questions thrown at this club. Um, ever since the 80s, not even like, you know, you know for, uh, the recent times, it? even the 90s and everything else. So Carlo, Carlo's working his magic and he's slowly getting us there, isn't he? Mentality monsters now, Lee. <laughs> mentality <laughs> monsters. I, I hate that expression, you know, I hate that expression. <laughs> We're going to come on to mentality shortly, actually, um, after the win yesterday. But like, like, like Pete was saying there, the whole, the whole talk before the game, when you, when you saw the, the start 11s, and, and ours was sort of brushed over. Uh, not by ourselves, obviously. We we, we go through our our starting eleven with with a fine tooth comb, and but you know, but by the, the the general the general media, Sky Sports, etc. It's all about obviously who Liverpool are missing. They make a big thing about obviously the, the situation with the centre halves. Um, Barry Manny Rouse only bought two in in the January transfer window. Well, they only got two in, should I say? Um, they still had, and like like Peter alluded to, a very very strong eleven there. You know, players players who are at the top of their game, that the front three for, for the last few seasons has, has, has been uh, scoring goals for fun. Um, Salah's on it was on, on a great run of form, but he scored seven in his last seven, something like that. Um, so you know, we didn't go there and, and play any kind of second string in any way, shape, or form. And obviously, as we see, you know, our eleven comes out, and there's there's quite a few questions and comments about the the start eleven that's being picked. And what I'd say to everyone is, why, why have anyone First of all, size to second guess what Carl is going to do. 
But then also question what he does is beyond me because he knows better than anyone who who's, should be starting, why they're starting, and what system we're going to set up in. And let's get it right from from the you know from that first minute. And obviously got the early goal inside three minutes, but from that first minute, he got he got it absolutely bang on. And you know what what a start it was, Lee. You know we, we talk about Hammers and you know people questioning whether the derby was right for him. Such a physical game. Um, Pops up inside two and a half minutes to you know slide a ball through to Richarlison, who, after grabbing his goal against Man City, is now looking like he, he's he's back in in some kind of form of full of confidence. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought we started the game really well. You know, we we literally straight from the kickoff. Obviously, it was a blustery night, wasn't it? And um, we've put one straight on their centre half straight away. That was definitely intended, wasn't it? Um, I mean, this Quebec, he's only just come into the side. The few times I have seen him, he hasn't looked great. He's got no pace, um, sort of lacks that sort of defensive awareness, natural defensive awareness. And, you know, if, if we're going to be hypercritical, I said to you then, you know, before we started recording, you know, I want us to go there in future. This is the starting This is the starting block now. Almost like when City went and beat United for the first time at their place in a long time, and then the tide started turning. And then they went there, if you, if you probably all, all remember, that. did they win 6-2 or something like that a couple of years after that as well? I want us to go there eventually with Carlo's prime side and 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 win convincingly as well because um, their centre halves were there for the taking. But yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased we started on the front foot. That's been a big criticism of him in a few games where we've lost this season. Um, but yeah, going back to the goal that you just said there, that's exactly why Hammers is in the team. I love the way Carlo set us up there because he's he's, he's almost played with two up front, hasn't he? Richarlison with Hammers just in behind. And not by not playing hammers out right, is therefore then teams aren't exploiting that. Um, so I just like the way the like the way he set us up. And I mean that if you watch it there, there's obviously a bit of ping pong going on. Obviously Thiago's um, you know misplaced the header. Then it's, it's back and forth, back and forth. But that that's the class bit in it. The class bit, the way he brings it down and lays in that pass. I mean, how many people on the pitch could have done that? You know what I mean? It's the way. It's it's not just it's not just the touch. It's the it's the perfect way to pass as well. It's, Richarlison's made the run. Great timing of the run, and he, he, he you know he's, he's hardly had to move. He's just had to shift it, shift it to create the angle, and bury it in the bottom corner. And don't take anything away from that finish. Very early on in the game, that's a great finish. That he's absolutely rifled it in the bottom corner. He's not even looked at Allison. If you look at it, he knows exactly what he's got in his head, what he wants to do, and he just shifted it to the side and just banged it in the bottom corner. Um, right in the cop end as well. It's a shame their fans weren't there to see that. Um, but um, no, we started off great, didn't we? We really did. And it was it was great to, to see that, that we did start so so quickly as well. Because how, how many times in games, especially against the, the better sides, do do we not start particularly quick? And obviously we, we try and hold our shape. Um, but it was great to see us to see us do that. Um, and you know, put it on them, like you said, Lee. Carlos said after the game about going long from the from the kickoff, and obviously it was blustery, it was windy. Let's let's get it right. The centre half that that Kavak, he, he's up there with for me with with Per Krolz. I'll be honest with you in terms of a centre half performance. I thought it was absolutely it was it was appalling to be fair. Obviously he's new to the Premier League, but you know you you question you question certain scouting systems, and if if that's the best that they could have come up with in the January transfer window, then I'd be I'd be looking at. Um, at the scouting system, obviously the, the the Man City password that they had a few years ago was obviously being changed, and we can't uh, we can't <laughs> get that information any, anymore. But he wasn't he wasn't great, and and we played on that you know really really well. Obviously Henderson was in there with him, um, obviously to 
to bring a little bit of experience for, for Liverpool. Uh, but Richarlison, absolutely spot on every single time, pulling on, on, on Maka back, putting him under pressure. Obviously, Richardson's got that pace, so he's finding a bit of form now. He's got confidence. And, you know, it was it was great for us to start start so quickly. But um we we, we spoke at our time, me and Yuli, about you know the, the the Seamus Coleman chance, didn't we? You know, a little, obviously a little bit after that and and thinking about games and I hope we don't sort of uh, rue that that missed chance and look back on the game and see it as a missed opportunity because that was another great chance, wasn't it, for us to actually go two ahead and it wouldn't have been un, un, undeserving, would it? No, not at all. I mean, you know, the first 20 minutes after we scored the goal, we obviously, we then went into what we all thought the pattern of the game was going to be, wasn't it? Us sitting off, almost playing off like a 5-3-2, wasn't it? And then, you know, basically trying to contain him, close down the spaces, close down, uh, close down the space between the lines. And, um, you know, Carlo had clearly worked on that. Um, and if you judge by the pre-match, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you boys saw uh, the pre-match interviews with Klopp, you know, he didn't know the team sheet, did he? And then uh, he was he was told, oh, is, is DCL and Alan in? And, and then uh, I think it was Jeff who was interviewing and went, no, no, they're both on the bench. And he was just like, ah, oh, right, poker face Carlo. That's what he said straight away. So obviously he, he was preparing for us to have, with Calvert-Lewin, wasn't he? Uh, certainly, and, and potentially even Alan as well. So Carlo's done, done a little one on in there. Um, and also the way we set up, I don't think he was expecting us to set up that way either, judging by the team that we had. We all thought Luca Dean was going to play down the left. In like a four-three-three, didn't we? Um, but he didn't play. He didn't set that uh, set us set us up that uh, that way either. So we nullified their threats down the sides. Um, for all the ball they had, they didn't really create loads. And you know the ones they did create um, were sort of from from distance, really, weren't they? I mean that 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 save. I mean we'll come on to Pitford, but that save from Henderson's semi-shinned volley was was um, a hell of a save, wasn't it? I mean that's what that's what Pickford is very, very good at. If you're going to throw something at him, is that sometimes he switches off and it makes, it makes the the simple look difficult. Um, but no, no, yeah, going back to what you're saying, yeah, 100%. I think Carl, Carlo's done a number on on his opposite number at the start there, hasn't he? I'd, I'd say so. And, you know, I mean, whether or not, you know, Jürgen Klopp's playing, playing mind games, or not seeing the team, or, you know, you just don't know, do you? But, you're totally right in what you say. There's no way that they, that they thought that we'd set up in that kind of manner. And Carl said after the game, you know, he was he was playing Seamus where he played them to try and nullify the threat of, of Robertson. Um, you know, you have to acknowledge the fact that he, you know, both both their their full backs are a threat going forward, um, and probably better going forward than they are than they are defensively. Um, but on, on on Jordan Pickford, Mike, you, you've probably been as as much of a a critic as uh, as ourselves at times, and we, we we try and be, you know, we've been we've been think reasonable with with Jordan Pickford, and you know, we certainly didn't deserve all the coverage that he got um, after the first Merseyside derby. The fact that it, it still continued up until yesterday, Let, let's hope now that that's now, now totally being forgotten. Um, but Lee alludes to that that, that save he made from from Henderson. Um, that was one of one of sort of three or four yesterday that you know. That he made that were right up there, top class saves, and and it was great to see Jordan Pickford switched on, making quality saves, and and you know do, doing what he should be doing for us week in week out. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Pickford yesterday, I thought he was man of the match, and sometimes that can allude to you know the opinion that we've been battered there. You know that if you keep us man of the match, but I thought he was fantastic. He was calm. He was. He, he was controlled. He didn't seem erratic in any way. 
he was he, he was solid at everything. He didn't flap at anything. Um, he just he, he had his head screwed on, didn't he? And that's all we've been crying out for all season. You know, we've got to say we've seen these performances before from him, haven't we? It's not the first time he's had these games. It's consistency that's the key for him now. We we need these consistently. You know, we we need him at the back of our mind, sort of thing. I don't want him to be the talking point constantly. But no, credit where it was due, he was fantastic last night. And I said on Twitter today, I've been quite vocal in my criticism of him this season. So it's only fair to give credit where it's due. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic yesterday. I was made up with him. You, you, you feel the same, Peter? No, I mean, I, I gave him our, our man of the match. I think, you know, don't me wrong, Michael Keane was exceptional. Ben Godfrey was exceptional. So was Holgate. You know, there was, there was, there was a few more players you could, you could pick there. Uh, but I think because of what he had gone through, because of all the nonsense we've heard for the last, you know, however many months over, over what went on at, at, at Goodison Park, Jordan Pickford responded in the right way there. And let's get it right. Van Dyke was there yesterday for one reason and one reason only. And he was there to join in with celebrations when Liverpool beat us to sort of go back to that story. Oh, look what, you know, look at look Van Dyke now. He's here celebrating, you know, Jordan Pickford nearly ended his career, you know. And look, look what happens. Jordan Pickford has responded. In the absolute perfect way, there hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Because you'd probably say the weakest part of Pickford's game over the past eighteen months has been his mind, and I think that's the worry sometimes with Pick. He can make amazing saves in a game, but you know you've got another half hour to go, and it could be a shot from outside the box or a cross. And if he's not in the right moment, you know it's a mistake that leads to a goal. And I have to be honest, when I was watching the game yesterday, obviously before we got the the, the penalty, which we'll come on to, I was thinking I really hope. Pickford's not got a, a headline to play in this um, in this story, but he was absolutely magnificent. Again, on crossing, claimed things. He was calm when he had the ball. Sometimes he can rush it, can't he, with his with his kicking or his kicking can be off. But everything, um, you know, was was pristine. And if we get that version of Jordan Pickford nine times out of ten in a season, you know, we're in the top four. And that's not to say something you know something dramatic, but he was faultless. He was absolutely faultless. Um, you know. And again, not grabbing the headlines for for the wrong reasons. So let's hope it continues. I mean, I, we don't know whether he's been injured or not over the past few few games, or whether Carlo's just taking a bit of pressure off him. But wherever he's been, whatever's been said to him, it's it's done the job. It's worked. He seems to you know come back a a new player. I know it's a cliche, but he was unrecognisable, wasn't he? When was the last time he's played like that for us? Put it this way: I doubt he had an injury. Doubt he had an injury. I reckon that's Carlo just pulling him out a little bit and a bit of man management again. Um, didn't think he was too bad against City either, but then he was at fault for the third goal, wasn't he? Really, he was still in it at two-one, and you let a soft goal uh, go go through him really again. Um, but you know, you can't knock his performance in the derby there. You know what? And I'm chuffed for the lad. You know, what I mean, uh, he's had a, he's had his demons at that ground, hasn't he? Ever since obviously that that moment with Origi right in the last minute, um, when obviously Klopp ran on the pitch and started behaving like a madman. And then those that across the park are questioning us, celebrating like we did yesterday. Well, look at your own manager before you start pointing the finger. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I'm chuffed for him in that respect. It's a bit of retribution for him there, wasn't it? A bit of retribution. 100%. And like, like Mike just said then, you know, consistency with Jordan Pickford has always been key. We, we, we saw it more in his first season, you know, when he, when he won the, the Player of the Year awards for the club and, and his distribution that season was excellent, wasn't it? You know, how many times did we see, you know, switching switching the play from, you know, from uh, using his feet or those half volley sidewinders he was, and he was, you know, laying him on a play for our forwards. And, you know, we, we've missed that from Pickford 
but also he, he was reliable as a goalkeeper, uh, saving shots, which is what he's getting paid to do. Uh, and we've we've seen a few times this season, you know, the, the Spurs game, first game of the season. I thought he was, I thought he was exceptional. Uh, we've seen it from Pickford. We know that he can do it, but we always know concentration is the is the big issue with him. Um, but if there's any time now to to sort of learn to, to to be switched on all the time, it's when there's no fans there because when when fans start to come back in the ground more regularly, that's when we we'll see obviously if, if Pickford can can sort of turn that corner. You know, imagine imagine yesterday with sort of. 50,000 Liverpool fans, you know, beating them, which, which, they, which they would have done, um, giving them grief from, from minute one, from the warm-up. You know, the big thing with Pickford is, can he do it with a full house, you know, St. James's Park, Anfield, wherever it might be, and just stay switched on? And, and let's hope he can, because great performance from Pickford, and, and he, he, for me, gets the, gets the applauds, and, and rightly so. Um, I believe, Mike, I sorry, just to interrupt there, I believe he's been seen as sports psychologist, hasn't he? So I heard on TalkSport a couple of weeks ago, um, he? he's, been, he's been seen as sports psychologist, yeah, so whether that's had an effect, I don't know, but as um, as Pete said, it's his mind, isn't it? That's always been the problem, it's not his goalkeeping skills, it's his mind, and you know, you, you're on edge waiting for that mistake, and then more often than not, one leads to two, leads to three, and he's up the wall, isn't he, when he makes them? But if he can get his mind sorted, and if he can get that mentality sorted, then we've got, a, we've got England's number one on our hands, haven't we? Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Exactly that. I mean, I still, I'd still want us to get Don Rumor in the summer if we've got any sniff of that. But um, hey, you'd sign Pal- Mal- Maldini if you could fit him in. <laughs> <laughs> I, ble- I thought he would. No, no, but I mean, Don Rumor. I mean, he, he's an ex Buffon, isn't he? I mean, he, you can see already the get the, the kids. The kids are outstanding talent, and he's he's still only like 20, 21 or something like that. He's, he's played. He's played over like over one hundred and fifty games or something stupid, isn't he? Two hundred games. So um, no, but look, credit where it's due uh, with Jordan, and um, the test won't be won't won't just be this game. It's how he reacts now for the rest of the season as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? He will he will make the odd mistake, keepers do, but it, it, you know, will it, will he will he uh, win us more points than loses more points between now and the end of the season? That's the key. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and let, let's you know if if the reason he might have been out is because he has been getting himself straight with a sports psychologist, then. Then great, you know. So, some players do need that, um, and if he becomes more more consistent, more more switched on, more concentrated, then then that, that that's great for ourselves going forward. Um, I want to come on to to the second goal in the second, but one player that I want to pick up on, and I, I've you know we, we've we sort of semi semi praised the the centre halves already. Um, and by the way, I thought Tom Davis was had another another great game. Tom Davis has certainly turned the corner. I think in. You know, in, in recent months, uh, I think he's doing exceptionally well. And I loved his messages, by the way, after the game, when he, he put a bit of message yeah, on Twitter. Brilliant. You know, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, they, you know, the, the, the lads and Everton fans through and through, being there since he was a kid. Another player who's coming for a lot of stick, Tom Davis, you know, and for, for me, it's it's easy for, for people to sit there and and give players who have come through the, the youth system stick. We've said it before on the podcast, I think everyone thinks that every time we get a, a, a bit of a talent coming through, it's going to be the next Wayne Rooney. Never the case. Wayne Rooney was sort of once in a generation talent. Um, but Tom Davis has, has certainly found his role, found the right manager, and, and he certainly kicked on um, and is, is playing an important role in, in that team. And I was delighted for him personally to, to, to see him and his, his reactions at the end of the game. Um, but one player who I thought was absolutely exceptional, Michael Keane. 
and we've said it quite a few times this season. You know, we we can mention obviously Godfrey and, and Holgate, and but I thought Michael Keenley is you know we're talking about consistency, and we want consistency from all of our players. But for someone this season who's really led the way at, at the odd moments, as all players do over the course of the season. But yesterday, you know, look at look at that tackle on Manny, that last ditch tackle, for example, the block he put in in the first half as well, won everything in the air. He just looks like he's he's taken on the role for me of that senior centre half and and the role that he's responsible for sorting out the, the defence and those alongside him. Yeah, I mean you have you have to say he's possibly the best shout for player of the season for me. You know what I mean? Potentially, as we stand right now, he, he's certainly going to be in the running, isn't he? And um, I think Carlo has worked wonders with him. Uh, again, similar similar to Jordan, the biggest criticism you sometimes have of, of, of Keane is 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 he's a bit fragile mentally, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was um, just going to say that, Lee. Yeah. Um, and he's had, you know, he's had a, he's had a good season and he had a dodgy season, and then, but now he's, you know, he, he, I think when he played under Silver and he was asked to play a high line, that's not Michael Keane. And Carlo, being the manager that he is, the experience that he's got, you know, he's basically set us up to play to those strengths. Put Keane, put Keane in a low block, and then you, you know, he's one of the best centre halves in the league, and that's not an exaggeration. You know, in a, in that sort of system where he's asked to kick it, head it, clear it, read the game, he's very, very good, isn't he? And he's hitting his prime now. He's 27 now. He's hitting his prime. I think Carlo's worked wonders with him. Um, and like you said, he was he was the senior centre half. He had, you know, he had him in the middle. Holgate one side and Godfrey the other didn't he the two young lads who were learning off him um, and massive credit to him I'm really chuffed for him as well because he seems like a really nice lad as well doesn't he do you know what I mean so he's he, he had a great game but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Davis I wanted to mention Tom because you know we've been a little bit critical of him on here as well a little bit he's, he's a cracking lad um, let's be honest he, he's living the dream that all of us wanted to live isn't he you know what I mean he's, he's, been, a, he's been a blue ever since he was a kid and he's playing on that pitch. Uh, you know, we would have given obviously anything to do that as as, as lads when we were playing footy. So he he's he's really reacted really well. Again, I'd say another player that, that you can see he's had the Carlo influence. You know, Carlo's working on him. Um, and I genuinely think now, I don't know what you boys think. If we can if we can get Tom playing like this and doing doing the simple stuff well, you know, playing that number six role, I think we can have a midfield of him holding in the six. Alan ahead of him, snapping people, running and harrying around people, and then have have the core as your box to box. I think because you know, for me, Alan, that that's that's his key strength. Yes, he can play the six, but I think he's more suited to sort of you know, we want to win the ball in there half, don't we? Yeah, he's all action, isn't he? He's more of a sniffer, he is, isn't he? He is exactly that. He almost reminds me a little bit of Gattuso style, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like so, I you know, whereas when Carlo had his best Milan team, he probably almost had Ambrosini sitting and then Gattuso running around snapping people like a little Rottweiler. So. I do think um, I do think that you know that for me, if Tom can keep this form up, you know he's playing with loads of confidence at the minute. You can see that. I love the fact how aggressive he was as well. You know, look how aggressive he, he's probably the most aggressive player on the pitch yesterday, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? So he was, he, he, you know, he wasn't scared to put a tackle in. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm really chuffed for Tom. And if he can keep this form going, stay fit, who's going who's to displace him in that team at the minute? Well, I was just going to say with this form, he's becoming one of the first names on the team sheet. Out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, massively. And and one thing which went unnoticed, is I think yesterday, you know, leading to that that second goal was the ball he played to Richarlison to set him away Absolutely, because he could have yeah. quite easily could just swung his that. foot there. Yeah, of course. And he and he's played a really cultured ball with his right foot, set Richarlison away, 
and obviously the the the, the rest is history. But that that's that's Tom Davis, you know, thinking and you know being calm and being relaxed and and enjoying his football, you know, and that that's the key thing, you know, with the the fact that um, he has turned this corner is is great to see. Um, and I mean, you see him down Bolsley today with Leighton Baines having a picture with it with the homeless fella, you know, got to go uh, having a coffee and stuff like that. And that's that's Tom Davis all over. You know, the kid's never going to change. That that's him. That's his nature. Very community spirited. You know, obviously a kid who's come through our ranks. So if you want to see one player succeed, it's Tom Davis. And we've got we've got a role. We've, as a as a collective group of fans, we've got to all give him the time, the, have the patience with him. And and encourage him to succeed. You know that this this is a, this is a real success story, and I, and I I couldn't be like you said, Lee, I couldn't be happy to see him to see him do well yesterday. But like I said, the key, the key the is for me. Through, sorry, sorry, mate. Go on, mate. I said the key is now he's got a position, hasn't he? Sorry, mm-hmm. Carlo sees him as a six. If we're being, you know, what was Tom before that? You know, what I mean, what was he? Was he? You know, you saw him score that amazing goal against City. What was he a sort of box to box midfielder with a bit, you know, a bit of skill, or what was he? And you know, that's that's really important that he's now got a defined role, isn't he? And I, I know he has played when he has played for the youth team at England. He's played the six, but I think Carlo's just gone right. You're a six, mate, and I'm going to basically teach you to be a six. Um, mm. And you can see he's taking it on board. Uh, and as you said, he's you can tell he's just loving his footy at the minute. That's you know that that game there uh, and the game he played against Spurs in the cup is, is two of the best games he's had in a blue shirt. Yeah, exceptional, exceptional. And like I said, that that balls are good to set him away for that second goal was 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 brilliant. And and the one question I've got, Pete, and I I'll come to you first on this. Was it not the most stonewall penalty you've ever seen in your life? Well, yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I I couldn't see for a minute why that would be seen as contentious. You know, it goes back to that old trope: anywhere else on the pitch, it's a penalty. So why are you question it if it happens in the box? Actually, when the referee went over to the screen, I thought, oh, they're going to they're gonna pull this now, aren't they? He's, he's going to take it back. I was almost shocked that he gave it, not because of anything to do with the decision, but the fact it was at, it was at Anfield and a referee was asked to look at the screen for a decision mm-hmm. that would favour us. Um, I, I guess the, the killer, when you look at it, if anyone's got any ounce of doubt, it's, it's, the, it's the second part of the contact that Alexander-Arnold makes with him. He lifts his leg up, he lifts his foot. Um, and takes sort of Car- Carvert-Lewin's leg away. So it's it's a stonewall penalty. It was clumsy as hell as well. Mm. You can't, you know... I, I think he knew, didn't he? Alexander-Arnold, there was no no complaints. There was no protestation at all from him, if you watch it back. Not at None. all. Not at all. He, he, was, he was convinced. I think I think he was thinking, red card, I'm getting sense off of you. It should, it should have been red. Should have been, yeah. He, let's yeah. Be honest, he would have put the rebound in. Yeah, he stays exactly. on his feet there because I mean, first, first of all, what pace, right? What mm-hmm. pace? I mean, uh, to be fair, Alexander Arnold's done well to sort of semi live with him, even though he gave him a few yards. Calvert Lewin, what pace? Great ball from Richarlison, who had a great game, and then it's a good save from the keeper. That he's took that first time, he's got down low, he saved it. He's putting that rebound in all day. Yeah, you know I mean, and and the fact that you know he did initially clip over his head, but then like you said, you can see his foot action. He has just hooked him, hasn't he? He's hooked him last minute. And to be fair to the ref there, you know, you know what? Massive credit where it's due there. I mean, look, would he have done it in a, in a cauldron atmosphere in, you know, in the last minute, in the last few minutes at Anfield? You don't know. But he was obviously told to go over because, you know, the VAR guy's thinking, I'm not quite sure. And fair deuce to the lad. He's looked at it once, hasn't he? It's taken him, what, 
three, four seconds to look at it and gone, no, pen. And then obviously he's had Liverpool yeah. players coming up to him going or whatever, and he's just gone, no, pen. And and, and that's great. That's, that's a strong referee in that. You know, he hasn't stood there, looked at about 15 angles and gone, oh, what am I going to do? He's just gone, no, straight away. That's My, my decision is right. It's a pen. Um, and I thought the referee, I mean, we're bound to say it anyway, but I thought he had a good game overall, to be fair, the ref. Anyone else panic when Gilfie did the stutter? Oh, God. <laughs> well, he does that, right? He always does that, but he always goes in the other corner, doesn't he? Because the keepers mm. normally lean that way and he puts in it. So he, he hardly... Because the keeper didn't move. It was, it was when he stood and, and Alisson stayed there. I thought, no. I know. And he hardly it was a P-roller as well, wasn't it? It was a P-roller of a pen. It made, it, it made it look cocky as hell, didn't it? I'm just going to roll it in the corner and you're still not going to get it. It was almost like yeah. the prime Maradona doing that, just rolling it about one mile an hour in the corner. But fair <laughs> dude to Siggy there. I mean, um, I think all of us were screaming. I'm sure you were the same, Mike, but all of us lot were saying, look, we've got to get Alan on for Gomez here. Because Gomez, although oh, he started the game, yeah. he started the game well, Andre. He started getting caught in possession a lot. And then you're just thinking, look, just get Alan on here now because you know we're basically hanging on a little bit without really conceding a load of chances. We were just camped. And then um, yeah, fair dues. <laughs> Fair dues. I thought. I thought. Um, I thought. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Definitely. I was surprised to see Gomez come out for the second half. And being honest with you, uh, it, it looked like a, a red card waiting to happen. To the way he was nicking at people. But um, they had a little spell, didn't they? After half time, Klopp had done his Phil Brown esque um, half time team talk, hadn't he, on the pitch, which obviously went well for him. Like they had a little spell. But now going back to the referee, really, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that was strong referee in that because he's being told in his ear. Nah, listen, we think you've made a mistake here. You're going to have to go and yeah. have a look. And he's gone over and he's looked at it and he's gone, no, I haven't. I'm right, you're wrong. And, and stood yeah. by his decision. So, can't ask for any more than that. It's strong funny. refereeing. It's funny as well because there was a lot was getting made of a saw on something this morning that he went over to the screen and literally spent about two seconds. I don't even think it... It didn't even go to a close-up angle. He was that convinced, I guess, I can, I can clearly see he's clipped and he's moved his foot up. It's a stonewall pen. I'm not changing my mind. That, that's that. And, and they were making a big thing about, about it being corrupt and this and that. And why didn't look at various angles? Well, you know your own mind. You need to look at it once to confirm what you think. And that's that. And why, you know, you've got this, you've got Sky peddling this, this agenda, Carragher again. You know, yeah. oh, it's, I, I, that's not a penalty. You know, how would give a penalty for that? Well, it, it's it's a bigger stonewall penalty I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. I don't know why we're, we're even having the conversation, but that's the kind of game where, for me, you need to take take the the the, the pundits or co-commentators that you've got, sorry, need to be taken away. If it's Carragher and it's a Merseyside derby, don't put them on it. Put Neville on it. If it's a Manchester derby, put Carragher on it. Don't, don't, don't because this is where the um, the, the loyalty sort of gets shown far, far too often. And, and that was, that was silly, that for me, because it was, it was an obvious penalty. Um, so don't, don't, don't believe the, the agenda. That, that it wasn't. Uh, we, we we could all see that it was it was a penalty. But like you say, Sigurdsson, you know, rolls it <laughs> into the corner. I thought the keeper was getting there uh, because of the pace alone. I thought the keeper the keeper's getting to this no problem at all. He could have sat down in that wind as well. Yeah, yeah. he's going to get there. But for, you know, fair play to Sigurdsson. And when you when you watch that footage that uh, Sky put out, the is it Match Day Plus they put out where uh, you can hear the natural sounds from within the ground and the noise off the Everton bench was was absolutely. Spectacular! Um, Can you imagine the Anfield Road end there, mate? If uh, the Everton fans, the Everton fans are there when that goes in. I mean, it, it went nuts that. in the cup. Do you remember when Sigurdsson scored the one and yeah, a half in the cup, yeah. and it went absolutely yeah. bonkers? Obviously, we had both tears then, didn't we? But um, it'd be that times hundred, wouldn't it? Oh my god! There would have been, there would have been. 
half the stand would have been on the pitch. Yeah. Half the people in the stand be... would have been on the pitch. I guarantee you, Sigurdsson would have been mobbed um, mm. in that scenario. But um, yeah, I mean, fair, fair dues. You know, I'll give him massive credit with to take a penalty like that. It takes a lot of balls yeah. to take a penalty like that, where you're not looking at the ball, you're looking at the keeper. And obviously, keepers, you know, like like Pete said, he delayed it and delayed it, and he's thinking, oh no, is he going to move? And then he's he's put it right in the corner, hasn't he? Right in the corner. Yeah. I, I remember shouting um, before he took it, and I'm pretty sure they shouted, "If you score this, I get a statue of you outside our house." Um, I, just, I just want to check that comment now because I'm not going to be getting a statue of Sigurdsson in my front garden. But <laughs> that was that, that was what was on the line there. Um, but um, unbelievable and, and even at that point you know we're Everton fans aren't we we've been there done that at that point I couldn't relax I could not relax you know you knew there was going to be a, a big a big uh, wedge of, of stop and start even even though the, you know there was maybe probably three minutes worth we knew we were going to get at least five and we got the five and was, I just couldn't relax um, I, I think I, I just felt totally sick Pete you were saying the last time you had a cup of tea and a biscuit and you were close to throwing up at our time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that second half was terrible. I've never felt so ill in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how it gets you, you know. Um, well, Duncan but, Duncan was, was one of us, wasn't he? Duncan would have been like that on the uh, touchline. Yeah, you know I mean? Carlo, Carlo as we said before, is the, is the coolest man in football, isn't he? He's seen everything, Carlo. You know, Carlo's seen yeah. arguably one of the best, best Milan sides throw away a 3-0 lead against one of Liverpool's worst sides in the last 20 years. I mean, he's seen everything, this lad. You know what I mean? But Duncan, Duncan's just like a fan. I love it. He's just like jumping around going nuts, isn't he? There's a picture, isn't there, when, when Sigurdsson just goes to Penn and big dunks going bananas and Carl just standing there, just sort of just having a little glance at the uh, at the pitch, you know. But that's that's Duncan Ferguson. I mean, it, it was great to see to see him at the end. And this is this is something which I want to I wanna discuss, really, because there's been a lot of criticism um, across social media, not from our fans, by the way, but from other fans, uh, a little bit in the, in the media in terms of how we celebrated it. And we 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 put that video out from a uh, Niels and Konku Snapchat, um, which is which was well received yesterday from inside the, the dressing room after the game when it was going absolutely ballistic, big dunks dancing around like a lunatic, um, and it was just it was great to see and. We've been accused of over-celebrating, which is rich coming from the Reds who celebrated the two odds over West Brom. Um, but you know, when when you've been when you've been 22 years at your your nearest rivals, you know one one of the the most probably hated clubs in the in the country, and that that's not no exaggeration. They're not liked. You know, it's that's 22 years of pencil frustration. You know, from from ourselves. Uh, you know the players, any the, the local players, probably especially Big Dunk. You know he's been there for so many years and has, has seen so many poor performances. Um, for me, Mike, the celebrations are totally justified, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, I take no notice whatsoever of any anyone saying anything about them celebrations. That the biggest load of sour grapes I've ever heard in my life. I mean, as you said, this is coming from a team that's. Uh, doing a big Mexican wave for the uh, 2-2 draw against West Ham. No, I'm just not having it. I'm not having it at all. A mate of mine texted me last night and he said, uh, embarrassed for you there, carrying on like that, winning an empty stadium. <laughs> I said, well, like your title winning an empty stadium, give over. No, I'm not having any of that. Totally justified, mate. And I was the same in ours anyway. <laughs> and you imagine that would have been, as you say, there was fans there. Imagine if town was open after the, uh, after the game, what the scenes would have been like in town. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been pretty. Um, 
But you know, for for us to, as I say, to, to go so long and and at, you know, for the majority of the time, not really like long Liverpool or Anfield. Let's let's get it right. There's been opportunities to go there and win the game, like you said before, Pete. You know, we've had better opportunities to go there and beat them, but to go there against the champions, defending champions, um, they've lost last year at Anfield, but still, you know, Anfield's been a force for a number of years now. Um, they are the mentality monsters, as Jurgen Klopp uh, likes likes to call them. They've got quality throughout the side. To go there, to keep a clean sheet, to score two two goals, could have scored more. Those celebrations, for me, not only were they justified, I'd times it by 100, because it's totally richly deserved for, for ourselves. And it shows the direction in which we're going in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were 6-1. to one. Before kickoff, mm-hmm. six to one, you know. So the fact that we've gone there, we kept a clean sheet. I think we played some like ninety-five minutes of footy as well. You know, we've got got to remember that. You know, you don't, it's not your standard ninety minutes at Anfield, is it? You know, it's no. always ninety-five plus a hundred, especially. You know, if they're not winning, they, they don't tend to like that. Um, don't know. It, it is. It's, it's a huge moment. It, it is because you know, like I said before, by far not the worst. Liverpool team, you know, they're still the champions bar one or two players, you know, and everybody else in the league's dealing with injuries just for whatever reason, they seem to have um, collapsed a little bit in terms of their mentality, ironically. <laughs> I saw a stat, they were on, yeah, they were on uh, this, this time last year, they were on 74 points. That's nuts. You were about 30 points, points behind them, weren't you, this time last yeah, year? Yeah, 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 exactly. Ridiculous. So, you know, the last two seasons, that team, whether we like it or not, has, has been unbelievable. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they, they've won the Champions League, got to the final as well, didn't they? And then went back and won it. Uh, and then won the league last year. So, you know, Klopp has really created a top side there. Yeah, they've had some key injuries. Obviously, you know, Henderson going off was a blow for him as well. Uh, I've never really rated Jordan massively, but I think he's, 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 you know, he's been very good for them last couple of years as a leader more than anything else, more so than a player. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, going there on their patch, fans or not, and then putting in a performance like that is, is, is absolutely top draw. And, and, and like we said before, Mike, you know, the shift in mentality that should give the players now by putting that hoodoo to one side, that should, that should take all the weight off their shoulders. Now, every time we go there, we can't have that thrown at us anymore now. And, and Coleman said it spot on, didn't he? He even felt it, didn't he? Coleman said before in the changes before, so we've got a, a lot of young lads here now. Who haven't got that baggage, mm-hmm. haven't got that baggage to bring into this game. He said, I'm, I'm the sort of last of the Mohicans, aren't I? I'm the last one left. You know what I mean? And, and, he, and he, said, he said that, you know, that they're coming in here with no fear. I mean, look at the way Godfrey played yesterday again. I mean, that tackle he put on Shakiri. Oh, mate, you know? that, was a, that went down as a shot on target, I think. See how far it was? His acceleration. <laughs> Imagine you're Shakiri then, you just see this like literally stallion coming at you. You know what I mean? And he's just like, his acceleration is unreal. And he just knew it, didn't he? He goes, I can get the ball here and just and literally send him like 40 foot in the air. He's, and... monster. he's an absolute monster. Godzilla, oh, I've seen someone call him. Oh, what, what a player, what a player. And he, he's, what's even more impressive when you see him on the pads as well, isn't he? He's not a bad boxer either. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. no, genuinely speaking, no, that, the, the shift in mentality that should give the club. When I said before, obviously, about the City thing and... You know, I've got a couple of mates who are City fans and, and United as well. And, and you know, when, when City went there and obviously and, and beat United and then went there uh, a year or so later and, and, and trounced them, 
that really shifted the energy in the city and shifted the mentality saying, look, we can win things now. The next step for us now is to try and win a trophy. You know, we can try and win Dallas, a trophy. That, get, that game was bigger than the derby. You know, think back to last season when we had that run where we played United and we were robbed at the end. Yeah. Arsenal. You know, we put in some really solid performances and, and you know came away without the wins and our season sort of crumbled away. And we, we were all saying on the pod, weren't we, uh, you know, last week, if we go to Anfield or we play City and play Liverpool and don't come away with three points, yeah, realistically, we're, we're too far off for, you know, a European push. So we had to win. So you think the players are going to know that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the players are going to know that. The, you know, really, the season's on the line. We lose that game. You know, the, the, we're in a completely different position when you look at the run-up that we've, we've got coming ahead. So, you know, for me, it just makes the victory even more impressive. Well, what, what, what's the mentality, Sam? We've won, we've won six and drawn two of the last eight away games. Look, OK, look, there's no fans there. We have to caveat it with that. And some teams are showing, you know, impressive away records. But that should give the players another psychological boost as well. When they go to those grounds next season, when there probably will be some fans there, we've won it. You know what I mean? We've won it. You know, and we've that, beaten some top thing, sides yeah, away. That, I was going to say Tottenham away. You know, we've got a result there yeah. at Old Trafford. We've beaten Liverpool. You know, I know Last they're all step. struggling, but I don't Last care about them. I, I care about us. And, you know, yeah. as you say, so when the houses are full, the houses are full, we'll go there and we'll get a result again. We've got to get that mentality sorted. Surely now... That inferiority complex that we've had for so long, surely now that's got to be a thing of the past. That's got to have gone now. If it hasn't gone now, I don't know when it ever will. You know, our away form's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And we, we can mix it with all of them. We, we haven't got the rich, richness of talent that they've got, have we? Ancelotti said it yesterday after the match. You know, we haven't got the players that Liverpool have got, but we can, we can absolutely mix it with them. And, and we have, we've proven it. We're building towards I mean, that. Yeah, we are. And, and I think Coleman's words, it, you know, what 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 a what a refreshing thing to hear because we've been saying this for years, haven't we? About mentality, and we've been questioning before this season whether the mentality is is actually switched. We've said at times this season we feel it probably has. You know, we go back to United away. You know, just keep kept on plugging away and got that last minute equaliser, coming to Spurs and absolutely bossing the game. Um, Leicester away as well. One, Leicester away, yeah, another another great performance. You know, and, and you just think. Have we now started to, to see that the sort the the tide turning? But for Coleman to come out and actually say, listen, maybe in the past we had that baggage because we had the same group of players here for so many years under David Moyes more than anyone else. And those some of those players that went forward was obviously to Martinez, uh, obviously Cumin and, and Silver and so on. So a lot of these players had been to Old Trafford or uh, the Emirates Anfield uh, and not gotten anything at all. And it's it's one of those things where the mentality filters down from the top, and you know we've got a, a major shareholder in Farhad Mishi who's put his hand in his pocket, is committed to the cause, he wants the best for the club. He signed to live at Bramley Moor. He's got one of the best managers in the world to come to the club. You know we're we're now seeing that quality come onto the pitch with like the Hamas Rodriguez, Alan, uh, obviously the Corey coming in. Youngsters like, like to Ben Godfrey, who looks a real talent. Tom Davis turned the corner. So now we're starting to see this these fresh eyes on things and this fresh mentality, which is now leaking in to those players who, who've been there pre-Carlo Ancelotti, um, who've maybe lived under another couple of managers. And it's so refreshing to hear Colm actually come out and say, because he said, I'm sick and tired of coming out after this this game. 
and saying the same cliches to you every single time. He said after the game yesterday, he's sick and tired of saying it. Because I've come out and I've won that game and for that weight to be lifted, then now th- this this could be a real sort of eureka moment for, for Everton now. You know, we, every club needs that. And when you're going through transition and change and, and looking to get into the, the upper echelons of the Premier League, you need one of these moments. We always see other clubs have it. I think when when's our time going to come? Make no mistake, this is this is a big moment for for Everton. This it's a big moment, and it's so important that we now continue to believe we can mix it against the best in the league, and we can go anywhere and get a result. That's the key, um, and I, I just I'm just hopeful that you know we can we can keep on moving forward, we can keep on bringing better quality into the club, so we can get to the point that when we're going to all these grounds, it's always a competitive game, you know, and that's, it's again, consistency, that's what we talk about, that's what we need, but that's the, that's the first, that's the first major, major step for me, that, yesterday, and I, I, I couldn't be happier, and to see the players celebrate how they did, on the pitch, big dunk had tears in his eyes, you could see it, you know, how emotional he was, hugging everyone, Um Carlo a bit more reserved, but they, they give a thumbs up. Carlo noticed as he was walking off to the director's box. Obviously, Ken Knight and Michelle, you're probably knocking around up there, and he gave them a little thumbs up on the wing. So he, he knew he'd he knew he'd, uh, he'd done something big there yesterday. And apparently, Mason Holgate um, woke up in his in his Everton shirt from the uh, <laughs> from the game after Brilliant. after a long night, according to the the Athletic. So great well, the, to see. These, but... these shifts in mentality don't happen overnight, mate. They don't happen overnight. You know, David Moyes was very good for us. You know, if you, all of us as fans, you know, he did with the budget he had, he built a very good team. Fortunately, we didn't win anything with him, but we probably should have done. But he, he built a very good team. But if you're going to point one finger at that Moyes era, it was the knife to gunfight mentality, wasn't it? It was that knife. He even used the words himself. And we need to shed that. You know, if we want to compete at the top of the table again, which is where we all want to be, we need to get rid of that, like, like Mike just said there, that inferiority complex. Yes, other clubs have had more money to spend on players and wages and transfer fees, but now we're slowly edging towards that 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 you know that top table really now. Hopefully, we'll be dining there for the next few years, but that's where we need to be, and it will take time. And like you said, that's a seismic jump now, uh, winning at their place. That'll really lift those players now again. You can see they're a team. I'm loving that at a minute. I'm watching them play. They're a team. You can see the posts they're putting on social media. They're loving playing with each other. They're loving their footy, all of them, aren't they? And Carlos created that camp. You can see it. Uh, yeah, we've had some, you know, some some bad results more recently. Fulham and things like that. We, we, you know, we can eradicate those mistakes over time. But if Carlo can build a team and got, gets given the time to build a team, half as good as that Milan team he built when he first took over Milan, they weren't anywhere near that team that they had. The Kakars, the Sadors, the Pirlo's, Inzaghi's. He took time for him to build that team. If he can get given and build a team anywhere near as good as that team. You know, we're going to be absolutely loving it in the next few years. Lee, I think you've hit the nail on the head there when you said you can see how much they love and playing with each other. That team spirit is unbelievable there, you know, in that camp. I, I can't remember a time recently that we've had a group of players, they, they love playing with each other. They look like they'd run through a brick wall for each other. That team spirit is, is getting us through. Because as you say, Mike, it's going to take time. It's going to take more investment. It's going to take a few transfer windows for Carlo Ancelotti to keep bringing in the calibre of player that he wants to bring in. So until then... It's pure team spirit getting us through at times, and it? it's fantastic. You know, how many times this season have we not even been able to fill a bench? And that's with two keepers on it. You know, yeah. some of the results that we've got, we've got absolutely no right to have had them. 
But the, the, the team spirit is absolutely fantastic between a lot of them. And it's great to see, isn't it? Yeah, team spirit and Carlo's tactical ingenuity as well, isn't it? I think yeah. the combination of those two has got us through games this season. Um, you know, And we've had some great results against the, the, the so-called top six, top six or seven, whatever you want to say. It's a real opportunity now. I mean, Carlo's dismissing a Champions League. We've still got an outside chance of Champions League, but we've, we've got to get Europa as a minimum, haven't we? We've got to. Definitely. If I we're going to develop as yeah. a football club, sorry, Mike, you, you've got to be playing European football. You know, I've said this for years. We're not just going to pop up one year in the Champions League and be able to compete at that level and hold our own. That's not just going to happen like that, is it? We need to be in the Europa League. We need to, at the very least, we need to be playing consistent European football. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned this before about European football and whether it's Europa Champions League, it, it attracts, obviously, a certain level of player. But I'd like to go into the Champions League being able to compete and not just being in the Champions League and then being made to look a little bit stupid. You know, I'm sure that we wouldn't, but you've got, you have that fear sometimes that, you know, is it too early um, for this side? Obviously, it all depends on what happens. If, if we did get it, what happens in the transfer window? But you want to go in there and compete. I don't want to go in there and make up the numbers. I want to go in there and, and get as far as we can get, qualify for, for the next round, get out of the group stages. That's that's really, really key. And we've, we've got to be got to be right both on and, and off the pitch. And by the time we get to we get to Bramley Moor, which you know more news coming again this week in regards to that, uh, all positive, obviously what we what we heard last week. Then hopefully, you know, by the time we get to Bramley Moor, Champions League is 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 our is our right then, and we're and we're competing, and we're up there every single season, and we're being talked about as as a side that does compete for those top four places every single season. That that that's the aim. And the right man's in charge to, to do that. We're seeing it already, as we've said. And we, we've been winning games that you could argue that we've got no right to win. So, you know, absolutely massive, massive results yesterday. And I hope that's the moment that we all look back on and say, that was when we turned the corner. That was when Everton of the future was was uh, well and truly kicked on and was formed. Uh, but the proof of being the pudding on what we do for the, for the rest of the season. Um and that was despite, by the way, the uh, the fire alarm going off in the hotel uh, the night before the match at one o'clock. So, from was trying to uh, set set us up, I'm sure, for for a fall. But unfortunately for them, it, it didn't it didn't quite work out. Um, but let's leave the derby there. You know, unfortunately, I can talk about it all night. Um, and and we can milk this for as long as we want as well. And and I, I fully intend to um, until next season when we go there and we, and we win again. Um, but that's just before we go on, mate. I just wanted to get your opinion, mate. What, what's your thoughts on um, obviously, you know, the echo, uh, you know, leaked it if you like and then deleted it uh, about brands supposedly signing this new contract? We're all fans of his on, on, on the pod here, but wondering what you thought. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, it was leaked, wasn't it? And then the um. They put it back out again. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of him. Definitely, I'm a big fan of him. And I know Fahad Mashiri's a big fan of him as well, isn't he? Have you seen the, um, I don't know whether it was Sky or BT, one of them done like a little mini documentary on Marcel Brand. You know, it was only on for about half an hour. I'm not sure whether you've seen it. But um, he's really, really well respected. Like, and his, his track record's fantastic, isn't it? I'm, I'm definitely a fan of him. Yeah, I can't understand why you wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah for continuity as well. Yeah. That was, on, that was on Sky. That was called The, the Architect. And yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. If, if it's if it's still available, then anyone who's not watched it, watch it, because it it goes to obviously Marcel Brand's career and how we got into 
to being a director of football, so to speak, and, and how we sort of move from, from club to club. It was filmed, I think it was uh, about 12 months ago when it first came out, um, but a really, a really interesting watching. Like you, like you said, then, you know, it's about continuity. We've said this before, and it's so important. So I think Carl said the same, didn't he, in the press conference about Marcel Brands, about having that continuity. Um, and no Farhad this year, he's is, is happy with him. I think he was on, on talks board of the day. If it was Farhad, we don't know, because after, after the uh, the history of Farhad on, on Sky Sports and talk sports, et cetera. But, um, you know, he's he's happy with him. I'm, I'm sure the contract is signed and, and Marcel Brands will be here for the next couple of years at, at the at the very least, but massively important that uh, that he, he sticks around for, for me. Um and hopefully Luke Dean signs as well, isn't it? Hopefully. It's well that's apparently done, isn't it? That's all boxed off. Uh, a couple of reports come out today. Uh, that that was that was definitely confirmed till 2025, the contract. So uh, great news if if that's true. We will await official confirmation from Everton. Um but let's let's look ahead if we can to to our next game. Um, we've got a, a great deal of rest, which is a nice change for us. We don't have to play until a week Monday against a, a Southampton side who, not so long ago, were were looking really good outside the have a good outside chance of potentially breaking into that top four. And the last the last few weeks they've they've tailed away slightly. Uh, picked up a point against Chelsea, uh, sort of stopped her off for them. But a side that have that have really struggled in recent weeks. And what, what's your thoughts, Pete, on, on that game? Do you think you know, especially after what happened in the Merseyside derby, we should be going in there absolutely full of beans and and you know have have a lot of faith in in that we can go in and and win the game. Yeah, you'd hope it's a game where the momentum continues. Um, and it, you know it, it really needs to you know in terms of our season. But I think it'll be a really tough game and an interesting game because they again it's a cliche, but you know on the day that they can beat anyone. They're a really funny team, Southampton. Um, and I thought they were excellent against Chelsea. I thought they gave they're the first team I guess in, in at least in the two era. I know he's not had that many games in charge, but Chelsea have been turning teams over. And for me, they were the first team to give Chelsea a proper game. Um, and really stand them up. And I think when you look at our season, Southampton were probably the first team to turn us over. You know, not only did they, did they beat us, they could have beat us 4-0. You know, tactically, Hassan Hootl got it absolutely spot on. They, they pressed us and harried us. We didn't get a second on the ball. And they just smashed us down the flanks, um, especially down that right side. They caused us all, you know, all kinds of, um, of problems. So I, I think it'll be a really hard game. And I think Southampton will fancy it. So... You'd hope we'll be buoyed by the Derby win, but also you know we'll be professional about it, and then we've got enough sort of leaders in the dressing room, and you know Carlo will help the players get in the right sort of mindset um, and put out the right team. I hope Alan comes back in, but I think what's really nice about the Derby is we won that game without him, so I'm not saying we don't need him, but you know hopefully again that will give the squad enough sort of confidence to say, well look, you know we've just gone out and we beat Liverpool there without Alan, without Calvert Lewin for most of the game. We can go out and we can beat other top Premier League sides as a team. Mm. I mean, Southampton, South so like you say, Pete, that was our first defeat, wasn't it, of the season at uh, at St Mary's? We 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 wore the uh, the seafoam green shirt for the first time, off uh, memory serves me right. And um, yeah, it was a surprising surprising performance away away at Southampton. But if we look at the, the recent performances, I mean, they, they got absolutely 
stuffed at United 9-0. Uh, went down to 10 men early, but got absolutely obliterated by by them, which is obviously two was it two nine nil defeats in, in consecutive seasons, which just doesn't really particularly particularly well. Um they've they've lost to Arsenal, they've lost to Aston Villa, lost to Newcastle, uh, lost to Wolves. Um, lost, uh, lost to Wolves oh, twice FA Cup and also in the league, and then obviously picked up a point against Chelsea. So certainly a difference Southampton side than what we faced back um, at the early part of this season, Mike. But like like Pete says, then still think it's going to be a be a tough a tough game for us, especially given obviously our home form as well. Yeah, am I right in thinking that before yesterday they'd lost six on the spin, something like that. Yeah, they lost five out of the last seven, mate. Now, yeah, they're on a terrible yeah. run, weren't they? I mean, they're, they're really low on confidence and they're, you know, they're, they're struggling. Like, but I didn't see the game yesterday, I seen the highlights, cracking goals. See the finish from uh, Minamino, lovely, yeah. yeah, great ball through. And he sat the keeper down, it was brilliant. Yeah, he's they're quite an energetic side, aren't they? On the day, they've, you know, they've got bags of energy. Uh, we'll have to be careful with them free kicks on the edge of the box, won't we? With that, uh, Ward Prowse, like he can, uh, he can't half warm up, whip them, can he? But no, I think we've got to impose ourselves on them. We can't, we can't set ourselves back again after, you know, after winning that game there yesterday. We can't, as people say, do an Everton. We need to get rid of that mentality, don't we? We've got to go and impose ourselves, and I fully expect us to win. And we need to win. And I'll go mad if we don't win after that, after that last night. But um, no, they're a dangerous side, as I say, with the energy that they've got. Um, and Minamino's added to that as well, hasn't he? But they are they are vulnerable and they are low on confidence at the minute. So I, I really expect us to punish them, really. As you say, we've got a nice break now, haven't we? We've got about eight days. It's Monday night as yeah. we play. So we've got a nice Monday little night. rest there. What, yeah. what do you reckon he'll do? Line up, what, you'd imagine Calvert-Lewin come back in. What if we When we play a flat-back four, lads, I meant to ask you this before, we were talking about the defence. Who, do who are your two centre-halves? If everyone's fit, well, if everyone's fit and we play, we play a flat back four. Who are your two centre halves? Come on, mate. I'd, for me, I, I still like having the one big man and then one with pace. So I'd have to be going Keen Godfrey. That's my preferred two. There's definitely a case for me and Keen. Don't get me wrong. I know, I know they've done done well together. Holgate hasn't hasn't been particularly great, but I thought he was exceptional by the way yesterday and, and deserves a lot, a lot of credit. But if I'm gonna, everyone's fit. On the spot, I'm going. I'm going. Godfrey Key. I think. I think. I think Carlo. I think Carlo will decide on who we're playing. If he's playing up against someone up front, you know that isn't rapid. Almost like let's say a Giroud type. You know, just wants to back in and have a physical battle. I think he'll play Mina and Keane. If he's playing against that, we'll play. We'll play Sampson next week. Ings, who's got a bit of pace. He's got a bit of pace out wide as well. Also depends on you know Luca Dean. As much as I love Luca Dean, he's, he's not as good at one v one as as Godfrey is, is he? You know what I mean, if anyone's running at Godfrey at pace, I'd much rather have Godfrey out you know out there defending that. But Luca Dean is obviously far better going forward. So I think Carlo will pick and choose now, depending on who who we're facing, both out wide and, and through the middle. Um, but I'd probably tend to agree with you, Mike. I'd say Godfrey, that's his position. He's still not the finished article by any means. You know, he, he's still got to learn the learn the role. Learn, you know, the right places to be, you know, you could arguably say he was at fault possibly for, you know, potentially United, a goal at United, not shuffling across. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say, I'd probably say those two. But then, you know, Mina's had a great season overall. Like, he surprised me, I'll be honest with you. He has surprised me. I thought we had another Funes Mori on our hands there. Yeah, but he has he's made me he words a few times this season, Mina, to be fair. Yeah, he has. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I think like he says, it depends on the opposition for me. I think Mina's had a great season. Um, 
you'd, you'd say as a whole, yeah, you'd go with sort of your your classic stand-up centre-half and your centre-half who's got pace. But I just think Godfrey's so good at left-back against, you know, top opposition. Um, I mean, I know we lost the City game, but there were moments there where Kyle Walker got forward and Godfrey didn't give him an inch. He matched him stride for stride and came away with the ball. So I think if you're looking to attack, I'd have Luca Dean every day of the week in a, in a back four. But yeah, if it's going to be flat and we're looking to... To shut, you know, for the shutout, I'd have Godfrey, Godfrey left back for me. I think he'll go Godfrey Keane against Ings. I think he'll play. He potentially will go with a four, possibly, um, or he might. He might stick with that with that formation again. You know, the, the five three two. But I do think he might bring Allen in and play Allen Davis and Decore in midfield, uh, just to be just to be really sort of competitive in that part of the pitch. Um, but we should we should go with these. You know, when we played them, we played them just after the international break. One, it might we'd won seven out of seven. Yeah, and we played them just after the international break, which obviously halted our momentum a little bit, didn't it? Um, but we did, didn't are lay a glove on them, did we? That day? No, no, they're a hot, they're a hot and cold. Don't forget, didn't we? Have, was it the first game back? So we had a lot of our South Americans had been been playing a copper, hadn't they? So obviously yeah, they'd, they'd uh, come back and were thrown straight in the side. Hammers looked there totally, totally washed out, didn't he? If you, if you think yeah, back to that did. game, pretty sure yeah, he, it was that game when he, he just looked games. He got off a plane, didn't he? And literally turned up at St yeah. Mary's. That was literally his uh, hey, how, how we got there. But yeah, it was it was exactly. the end of October, and we were we were poor. Luca Dean got sent off, if you remember, and uh, it was his three match ban got turned into a one match ban or what have you. You know, another ridiculous rule. It wasn't a great, it wasn't a great card in the first place, but that's another matter. Exactly. Exactly. But they've, if you look at their league form, as Mike was just alluding to there, they beat Wolves in the cup, but Wolves got absolutely hammered. Nuno got hammered there because he put out a really weakened team. And then they played Wolves the following game in the league and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the Chelsea draw has halted that run, really. The Chelsea draw they've had, because other than that, they had, lo- they had lost five on the spin. So they were in line to lose six on the spin there. Um, and then obviously they got the draw against Chelsea. Uh, maybe Chelsea were guilty of a bit of complacency there, but like Pete said, they, you know they, they played pretty well. So this is an opportunity really to, to to build on that result. You know they're not they're not full of confidence at all. Yes, Danny Ings is back, and Danny Ings is a good player for them. Um, but you know we should be going in there with bags of confidence, absolutely bags of confidence. If anything, playing on the Monday would probably hinder us a little bit. You just want to play another game straight after that, wouldn't they? You know they'd rather be playing mm-hmm. midweek. Yeah, they've got to play Leeds. Now. Yeah, Leeds. Leeds have got um, are playing Southampton in the week as well, aren't they? So I think they're Tuesday, playing is it on yeah. Tuesday. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully Danny Ings will pull his hamstring, and then um, and then we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll face the fight because that's Shea Adams. Um, I know he scored against us, but he's a bit of a cart horse for me. Shea Adams. I don't I don't know. Has he scored since Lee? I don't know whether he's even scored Probably since. Not has he? mate. Probably. Not. I don't <laughs> think he has. Has he? You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, so I, I do think we should have more than enough to, to beat him at our place. I mean, we need to sort this home form out. Um, if we'd, you know, if we'd have had just a couple of results at home in those games that we should have won, we'd be right at, right in the top top four mix now. Um, so hopefully, Carlo won't be letting them. You know, they'll have a well earned rest now, and then hopefully, Carlo won't be letting them sort of be too complacent against the Samson team. Because I was saying to you, Mike, the fixtures are really congested after that, aren't they? And we got like mm. Monday. I'm sure it's like Monday, Thursday, is it? And then, yeah, it's we've got we've got quite a few games in in uh, another another busy period. As we've seen a lot this season, obviously with with them trying to cram 
background fixtures in. We've seen a lot, a lot of that this season. Obviously, we've then got the the uh, the third week in March. The FA Cup comes back again when we play Man City at Goodison. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be a a busy time for for us and and you know most other teams as well. But we do we we play Southampton on the on the Monday and then West Brom away on the Thursday um, before. We then play on the Monday again away at Chelsea. So we've got we've got three games in eight days there, and and all games are really important. But these next two games, we we talk about winnable games all the time, and you know these next two games are massively important because if we want to make the most of that derby win, you've got to then win these next couple of games. Put yourself right up there now. Get 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 in the mix. Put the pressure on the other sides. You were fighting for the top four as well. Um, before we then go to Chelsea, who are fighting for the top four uh, and those European places with us, and go there and and turn them over. You know, let's let's go in there with the mentality that we can do that. We can compete. We can beat the better quality sides. Um, and there's besides besides Man City, this league is wide open. You know, those those top four spaces. I know United are sort of them and Leicester and now battling over over second, but that's the, you know that, that top four is there. If you want to take it, go and take it. You know, West Ham are doing well at the moment, of course, and, and a lot of credit there to David Moyes for, for getting that, that West Ham side playing it the way that they are. Um, what a job yeah, you've got to make there. the most of it. You know, it. Yeah, and you've got to see gaps up to David Moyes. You know, um, when he was brought back to West Ham, a lot, a lot of people weren't happy, but he's, he's, done, he's done, I think, an exceptional job uh, under, under difficult circumstances with those owners. That's for sure, because they're not the best in the world, are they? Um, and we signed he's done it sack him and get Mourinho in <laughs> yeah. first sack Mourinho yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I think Moyes, Moyes has done a very Everton-esque job there he signed well as well I mean that Sue check looks a great signing that Kufal even at right back five million quid another Czech international he looks a real warrior you know what I mean um They've, they've definitely, you know, that Ben Rama looks like he's going to be a player. You know, he's not quite hit, hit, hit the heights, but you can see he's talented. Um, yeah, I think Moyes has done a very, very good job there. Very good. Very difficult to break down. We've got West Ham coming up as well, haven't we, in the next few weeks, I think, as well. Um, so um, we need to beat them. We were very unlucky when we played them at home. We didn't play great, but they got an absolute spawny goal, didn't they? A sort of rebound. Didn't, didn't really know much about it, did he, Suchek? So, um, we need to definitely win the next two games. They're winnable, aren't they? You know, you've got West... What do you say? Southampton, then West Brom? West, yeah, Southampton, oh, yeah. and West Brom. Yeah. You've got to win those two games. You've got to win those two games to have any shout of being still competitive for Europe. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Correct. Um, well, let's, let's have our predictions then for Southampton, if we can. Um, Pete, what are we saying? 2-1 Blues. Mike? Uh, I was going to go 9 0, but I've had their annual 9 0 defeat, haven't they? So put that one to bed till next year. Uh, 2 0 to the Toffees. Lee? Um, I'm going to say 3 1. 3 1. We need, we need to get this home form sorted between now and the end of the season. And also, I'm sure you'll all agree, I'm, I'm, I'm Richarlison now, if he can go on a run now, um, you know, he scored 13 goals the last two seasons, Richarlison. He's way off the mark at the minute, but he started to look like the Richarlison the last season, isn't he? Um, is it because he's been playing through the middle? We don't know. You know what I mean? But he's he's certainly looking like the old Richarlison. Um, you know, he's had a bit of an up and down season overall, but he's starting to look like the player. If he can if he can start scoring, get to double figures between now and the end of the season, Calvert Lewin keeps scoring, they could fire us into Europe. 
what a shift he put in yesterday, by the way, to Charleston. I thought, thought he worked his backside off, didn't he? Absolutely. He gave them an absolute nightmare, didn't he? Uh, absolute nightmare, those at the back. And um, yeah, for me, if, if Richarlison can get to double figures, like I said, and then Dom Dom keeps on score. What's Dom on now for the season? 18? 18? 18. Yeah, 18. You know, he could, he, he yeah. should be aiming at 25 here, shouldn't he? He should be aiming he should be looking, at 25. Yeah. Should, Maybe even 30. Well, tw- 20, 20 league goals, he's on 13 in the league, and he? so he should be looking for 20 league goals, 25 to 30 in all comps is, is, is definitely doable. If he gets to 25, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic season, you know, and, and hats off to him for, for what he's done. And he's missed a few games through injury as well, don't forget. So to, to get to the tally he's got to is, is brilliant. But I think to take no the pressure off well, him. Mate. No pens as well. well. Yeah, yeah, no pens. Yeah, yeah. No pens, which is, which is also a massive factor. But to, to have your charts and back amongst the goals, um, I've always thought he looked better centrally to be honest I've always thought that we don't play with two up fronts as such however yesterday you could argue Carl said he started with two up fronts in Hammers and, and Richarlison so Hammers just off Richarlison so it's one to look at you know you might, you might go give Hammers a break and play Richarlison just behind behind Calvert-Lewin uh, but the options are there but I fully expect to see Calvert-Lewin back on the starting lineup against Southampton Allen probably come back in give a, few, you know, a couple of the lads a, a bit of a break um and let's let's win the game. I think it'll be be two and eleven, and then we'll we'll keep on moving forward and and uh, march up the table hopefully and challenge for those top four top four positions. Um, but that's us for this week, Mike. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Mate. Great show to have you on. Obviously, after yesterday's uh, fantastic results. Pleasure to be on, lads. I'll have to go. I'll have to go down the shop now and replace me, Mrs. Uh, Prosecco, because she went in the fridge before. Someone must have drank it last night celebrating. I can't think who. <laughs> Mason Holgate. Princess. <laughs> yeah. Holgate stuck it in his shirt. Isn't right? It's one of them. When you're trying to find anything to drink. Oh, anything at all, mate. Yeah, there was yeah. not a thing left in the house. <laughs> no, maybe it's a snowboard or something like that. Just just find a bottle. <laughs> and a snowboard on the go. But no, great to have you on, Mason. Obviously, we'll have you back on in the, in the very near future. And look forward to your, your next interview as well. Uh, when, whenever that comes out, look forward to I've given that a, a, a read. But what's the players out today? We've we've got a, a fantastic track, uh, previous iTunes number one early on this year. And there's only one song that we can finish today's show on, and that's Spirit of the Blues. Catch you next week.
Sports Social Podcast Network.